do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 484, 16 to go before we hit the big 500, sweetie. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I have nothing to promote. Okay. I have no quick takes. I have no resources. I have no main topics. I have something to promote. What do you want to promote? Well, have we talked about 1440 on the show yet? I don't think we have. But they can't sign up yet. It's not on the website. Well, we can just give them the date. All right, let's plant a seed. Do you do you know the dates? It's October 27th. 20, 20 remember? Yeah. What it's is it? October 25th through the 27th. Okay. So for those of you who... Um, like to go to workshops or um, conferences or just um, a place that is inspiring in nature, there's this place, and you know what I mean that both ways, in nature and in nature. Yes. There's this place in California um, in among the Redwoods mm-hmm. called 1440. For those of you who know what Omega Institute is in um, New York, it's the similar set up. It's not identical, but it's similar. The idea is to bring in, you know, thought leaders or speakers or teachers who, um, you know, basically inhabit a whole weekend and people come in to see them and work with them. And Todd and I have a weekend that we are teaching there, um, October 25th through the 27th. So like Todd said, we are, we just gave them all of our stuff. What, like three weeks ago. So we're not quite on the website yet. Like you can't click on anything on 1440 yet. Um, But just put it in your calendar if you're interested. And it's for human beings. Well, yeah, it's about relationships. It's really a connection is everything. Um, But it doesn't have to be about like, you know, partner intimacy. No, because if you guys listen to the show, you know, it's all universal. So really, even if we were talking about marriage or partnership, it's similar to your relationship with your children and your relationship with your parents, like the, the thing, the modeling that we're doing or the experience that we're having, um, or the reactions or excuse me, responses that we're choosing are similar with all the people we love. Yeah. And we have to be thoughtful about what they need from us. And so I think we just called the workshops and parenting, didn't we? I think, yeah, we, I didn't think we, we didn't think too hard on what to call it. Only because there were, yeah, it, it's one of those things that we, we gave a good description, but basically it's about relationships. It's about marriage and partnering. It's about raising children. It's about being in that middle place where you're with your parents and you're with your children. Um, and it's also about your relationship with yourself, self-awareness. So, but like Todd said, you don't have to come as a couple. Absolutely not. You right. can, but, yeah. um, that'd be cool too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we are uh, still catching our breath from a big weekend, our biggest weekend of the year. If you think about it, for sure. Um, no doubt. we had our Zen parenting conference and, uh, it went off and I think it, I think everybody had a good time. Yeah. Um, so we, what we decided to do is in an effort to kind of do a wrap up yet at the same time, help people who weren't there, yeah. give them a taste of what it was all about. Um, our friend, uh, Aaron Kuhn Krieger, mm-hmm. or is it Aaron Krieger? Yeah. Nope. Aaron Kuhn Krieger, right? uh, did the, she was a, uh, in charge of Twitter. So she was there at the conference. She was the person at the team Zen table for those of you that were there. And she just kind of, when she heard some inspirational quote from one of our speakers, she wrote it down and put it on Twitter. So that's kind of our... Um, that's what we're using as our kind of 
foundation for today's podcast. So before we, you know, jump into all of the the, the quotes and everything, I want to say thank you to the people who listened to the show who were there and for saying hello. And there were people who gave us gifts mm-hmm. um, and just really wonderful conversations and sharing your lives with us and telling us intimate details about who you are and. Um, you know, being a part of my pre-conference workshop, there were about 70 uh, women in there. Um, and, you know, it's a really, it's funny. I found like on, I was doing really great. I felt so good. And then about Saturday, I don't know, in the afternoon at some point, I was like, wow, this is like, I still was so excited about everyone's going to speak, but I was like, wow, this is an energy. Like I was like, filled overfilled yes and i was like okay like i felt like i needed to like walk around so i could create space mm-hmm. it wasn't overwhelm it wasn't stress it was so much great information and so much love and so much emotion that i was like i got to like move some things around <laughs> like i remember right before i went up to announce julie i like didn't have a brain for it mm-hmm. like i was like i don't you know like when Todd and i talk i don't really think about what i'm going to say we just kind of go up and you we, know talk we riff we riff and I couldn't like get my brain around, will I remember what to say? Like it was in, you know, that's kind of how amazing the weekend is, is you literally leave full. Yes. And um, and then I was able to, of course, you know, listen to the rest of the day. And Julie was amazing. So Todd, will you, for people who weren't there, just go through what the, the schedule is so Friday people Friday night, Kathy and I did a piece on self-awareness and connection. Correct. Is that what we called it? Mm-hmm. And then Dr. John Duffy and Alexander Solomon, uh, it's Pretty much a Q and A. Uh, Dr. Duffy and Dr. Solomon kind of said something in the beginning, but really it was just um, audience members uh, asking questions about their personal lives. And we called it a panel, and the focus was equality. Yes, we went all over the place with that word. Mm-hmm. Like I loved the differences in how people define equality. Because sometimes when we say that word, especially if you're an activist, you think it's just about men and women, or maybe it's regarding um, race relations or, and really it's like, there's some personal elements to it. And just the way we define the word, right. um, which is kind of one of the quotes I want to talk about eventually, but S- keep going. So then Saturday morning, we started with uh, Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. And that was pretty amazing. Yeah. they, um, they, they Everyone was laughing a lot. The way they present, it's very natural. It's very just them being them that you see their relationship in the best way on display. They're very lighthearted and loving. And then one of the surprises that Todd and I had for them is uh, we have some friends um, in town, uh, Rachel Richardson and Kathy Richardson. Um, And actually, if you came to our first conference, year one, uh, Kathy Richardson performed. But so it's just to kind of explain this for everybody, if you didn't know this. So Glennon went to college with Rachel Richardson. So they are friends from college and they haven't seen each other in a really long time. And Kathy Richardson, Rachel's wife, she's the lead singer of Jefferson Starship. So she's like the Grace Slick of Jefferson Starship, meaning to say she's a total rock goddess. Her voice is amazing. So we asked... She's a pretty good guitar player too. Oh my gosh. She's, a, she's just, she's a musician. She's yes. a rock musician. She's amazing. So they're friends of ours here in town. They happen to live in Elmhurst. And um, so there was a few things that we wanted to do. Number one, I wanted to make sure Rachel got a moment with Glennon and vice versa. And also I have seen Glennon and Abby 
several times. Like I was at Omega with them and seen them speak several times and obviously follow them. So I know the songs that they play when they are completing, you know, especially if it's their own presentation, not always part of a conference. Right. And I know through, you know, Glennon's um, history that Indigo Girls are huge to her and Closer to Fine is a big song for both of them. So Kathy came out and sang Closer to Fine. Oh, that's it. The audio is not perfect, but... So this is Abby and Glennon are on dancing. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was like I'm kind of my top of my head is um, tingling. Tingling. It was it was wonderful for so many reasons. And then Kathy sang a song of her own that's beautiful. Yes. Um. And then so that was that was that. And mm-hmm. it was really it was such an intense. Uh, morning that we actually were like, okay, let's start lunch early because there's nobody. We couldn't, we couldn't do more. Do right. You know what I mean? We like had to take a break. Yeah, we wanted to end on that really high note of the morning. Exactly. And you know, one person we forgot to mention was that Karen Brody. Yes. On Friday night, she wrote "Daring to Rest." She took some time and explained what yoga nidra is. Yeah. And then on Saturday morning. During yoga, she did some yoga nidra, and then that was at the lunch break. She did some yoga nidra. She did. Mm-hmm. So um, then we jumped in with Jamal Cole, who is the founder of My Block, My Hood, My City. Um, very powerful orator and man who walks the walk and is on a mission. And is on a mission. By the, I think by the end of that conference, like half the room had my block, my hood, my city sweatshirts on. Yes. Partly because they totally want to support Jamal and his mission, and they were one of our nonprofit partners. And the room was a little cold. Yes, I didn't think it was cold at all. I know. I don't know how you didn't. I guess because you're not wearing a dress. Are you wearing a dress? I'm wearing a dress. And then uh, we finished up with uh, Dr. Devorah Heitner, who talked about screen technology. We didn't finish up. Well, I'm, I'm. Oh, I see. We're getting to the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dr. Is, is Julie mm-hmm. a doctor? She sure is. Dr. Julie Lithcutt Haynes. Actually, she's a JD. Which means what? That's that's a she's got her law degree. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she's not a doctor. She's lawyer, but. That's not even what she does for a living anymore. Well, and the reason I say that is because in her, when she was speaking, the whole first part of what she was telling us was that history yeah. of working in a university and they they were looking for somebody who obviously who had a doctorate, mm-hmm. which she had her JD. And then it just so happened, you know, this is the way the life, life works, that somebody went on maternity leave and they needed someone with a JD yeah. to do that job. So it all worked out. So she finished it. Uh, well, we did our little close, but uh, she finished really strong and um, you know, the whole weekend was so impactful and powerful and loving. Um, and Julie just, you know, finished it on a really strong note. Yeah. Um, I think what was nice about this weekend that I appreciated just overall is it was very warm. You know, for those of you who haven't been there, there's a lot of messaging on the walls. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of, um, like we said, there, our nonprofit partners are around and our sponsors are also really inspirational too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the, you know, there's a lot of energy just from words. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I love words all over the place. 
And so there was a lot of feel good moments. And there's also a lot of challenging moments sure. of what are you doing about this? Yeah. Um, not only in community, but in yourself. And, you know, I think that sometimes we... We practice in what we preach. We, right. You know, kids take care of, take care of yourself. Are we taking care of ourselves when we're preaching to our kids that they should be taking care of themselves? And when we point our fingers out to the world, what are we doing yeah. to support the world, to support the communities? You know, like Todd and I live outside of Chicago and we may live on the outside of this, of Cook County, of the city limits, but Chicago is still our city. Yeah. So how are we, you know, and giving back means many different things. It's not just about money. It's about experiences and it's about exposure as, you know, Jamal talked about and just about awareness, yeah. you know? Well, and every speaker, um, it's a, for me, they kind of held up a mirror to me saying, okay, look at yourself. That's how, right. how do you fit into what it is that I'm sharing? Yeah. And, and like, like you said, within our own family, yeah. you know, like when you're asking you, I'm repeating what you said, but when we're asking our kids to do something, are we doing that? Right. You know, when we say, I wish my kid was more brave, how are you being brave in your life? I wish my kid would, you know, be involved in things they love. Are you involved in things you love? You know, we, we like to point our finger out to the world and not recognize the impact or uh, the experiences we're having and modeling. Got to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of other people. And that's what's so interesting is that sometimes we look at it as being more work, mm -hmm. but the more you take care of yourself, the less you have to do taking care. And I'm putting that in quotes. Of course, we remain parents, but the less, you know, you don't have to tell your children to respect you if you are respecting yourself and showing up in that way where you have, you know, in my pre-conference workshop, the focus was, um, it was courage. And that really, what that meant was not courage, like the word bravery. Those mm -hmm. are very different words. Like courage means, you know, it comes from the Latin word core, right? Mm -hmm. Which is tell the story of your heart. So courage is really showing up as yourself in every situation. And first you have to understand your feelings and you have to set your boundaries and you have to have your own set. You have to show up in a way that you already know how you want to be treated. What's the difference between courage and bravery? Well, to me, the way that I understand it is courage, as I said, is um, for, is living a life in alignment with who you really are. Mm. Like, you know how I ended it, Todd? Um, you came in at the end. You yes, were just you just wanted applause. Yeah. Todd walked Well, I fixed the computer for you. Did you, though? Yes, you couldn't figure it out. Couldn't I, though? I took care of it. Did you? Yes, All right. I did. Okay, so that's great. So um, I ended with a bunch of different slides, but one of them was the number one regret of the dying. Do you remember what that one is? Uh, I don't know what the number one regret of the dying is. Why didn't I live my life as myself? Mm. Yeah. And right. there's so many ways to dissect that, but that book that was about the five regrets of the dying, it was a woman who- Yeah, the um, nurse, the yep, hospice nurse. Yep, the hospice nurse. And over time, she's heard the same things from people. And the number one was, why don't, why didn't I live my life as myself? And I shared with them the story of, it was, it's a spiritual story. It's some, it's metaphorical, obviously, but a woman who went to heaven and when she saw God, she had, you know, lived a life where she was like trying to do good work and trying to do this or that. And God was listening. And she said, so I, did I do good? And he's like, you know, you did great things, but, um, I think in the book, her name was like Lisa or something. You did great things, but why didn't you live as Lisa? Mm. Like, that's really all I want for you. Yeah. Go live as yourself instead of trying to demonstrate to everyone why you're worthy. Yeah. I mean, that's ego is seeking approval, control, things like that from the outside. Right. Externally having people tell you you're good enough. And 
you know, using um, like, you know, thinking that productivity and demonstrating to the outside world how overwhelmed and busy and stressed you are demonstrates what a worthy person you are. Yeah. And that's, I kind of feel like, is a big part of where we are in the world right now, generationally, is that we really think that being exhausted demonstrates what, you know, great people we are. Well, it's like our new badge of honor. Um, it is. Brene Brown says that. Oh, does it's, she? She said it's the new badge of honor yeah. is to say when someone says, I'm really stressed, to say, you don't, you know, you're stressed, mm -hmm. you don't understand my stress. Right. So. Um, so before we get into these tweets, uh -huh. I want to talk about boogie wipes. Boogie wipes. Boogie wipes. Boogie wipes. That's the new song. Is it? I just made it up. Okay. Uh, it's a saline nose wipes, and the natural saline formula is patented. So here's the so that's the key difference between that and a regular baby wipe. I actually had the sniffles today. Mm -hmm. You hear that? I hear it. Um, and I'm used to using the Kleenex with the moisturizer in it. Yeah. But I just tried with the the boogie wipes, and I think it's better. Well, of course it is, because that's specifically for what you need it for. So how come not everybody uses boogie wipes instead of, like, the Kleenex from the box? they're not listening to Zen Parenting to hear about how great oh, boogie wipes... All right. Well, it's made by moms for moms, and it contains aloe, chamomile, and vitamin E, and it's not going to make my nose red. That's what I decided. Correct. And for you who have little children, I remember that my children's faces were filled with snot. Um, you may think it's funny when your nose is runny. But it's snot, S-N-O-T. Comes in fresh scent, grape scent, and unscented. I prefer the grape. And uh, so don't go to eat it, Todd. Don't do not eat it. Go to boogiewipes.com/slash/zenparenting. Five dollars off plus free shipping if you enter the coupon code Zen, or you can buy it at your local grocery store, things like that. So thank you to Boogie Wipes. Now on with the tweets, sweetie. Where do you want to begin? Um, well, why don't we begin at the beginning? Let's begin at the beginning. You know who says that? Uh, James Lipton. Oh, he does? Yeah, at the beginning. Let's begin Gosh, at the I beginning. I haven't seen an Inside the Actor Studio in Moons. Oh, the guy's slacking. He's, I don't think he's slacking. I think we're not watching TV anymore. Oh, well, I have it programmed into my DVR. In your DVR? Our DVR. Well, but it's not taping. So it's because he's got nothing new going on. You know what? He's in this season of Arrested Development. Yes, I saw that. I know. I forwarded you the... Season the, five. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. I know. Um, so why don't you start, my darling? Okay. Well, let's start with... Um, let's begin at the beginning. Let's begin at the beginning. <laughs> let's let's begin with Friday night. Um, we can, because you're listening to the show, you know already what Todd and I talk about. We focused on self-awareness and uh, connection. And if you, you know, again, you're listening, so you would probably be like, yes, I hear you talk about this. But we, we tried to use some uh, pop culture references to help people kind of see visually what it looks like to be self-aware and connect and what it doesn't look like, and also how we can continue to practice it. Um, but then we had um, Allie and John come on stage, and uh, Dr. Alexander Solomon and Dr. John Duffy, and they kind of gave their, um, you know, the way that they look at equality. And I... And again, I, I'm not reading one of the tweets now, but I thought it was really interesting the that difference between equality is not just about dividing things up, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not just about like you do this part and you do this part. Transactional. It's about we have to see the things each of us do as equal. Right. That was one of my biggest takeaways as far as explaining equality to people. Yeah. I think we get very black and white about equality where we're like, okay, I do these three things, you do these things, I mow the lawn, you empty the dishwasher. And it's not about the dividing and the conquering. Really, um, what 
Allie talked what Allie talked about was the difference between agency and community. Commun- I think communion. Communion. Isn't that right? Not Eucharist for all you Catholics out there. No, she used the word differently. Um, and I hope we're saying it right to yes. give her credit for this, but she explained that agency is our desire to make an impact, to do something, to be productive, to go out and in the um, world? into the world yeah. in whatever way that looks. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 again, it's not about being famous or starting a business. It's about, um, you know, I want to do something that makes a difference. You know, I want to go to the hospital and rock babies. I want to go out and, and mow lawns. I want to go, you know, it's what you want to go out in the world and be. And communion is about the connecting to people. Mm. And what we've unfortunately done in our society is all human beings need both. But what we've done is we've made agency masculine and we've made communion feminine. Mm. And we've divided ourselves up by saying one person gets to go experience agency and the other one gets connection. Yeah. But we both need both. Yeah. So when we look at it that way, it's recognizing that both sides of that coin are essential. And how do we make space for each of us to have that? Yeah, we focused uh, too much on the roles of the house, whether it's, you know, she works outside the house and he works inside the house, or if you're in a same-sex relationship, you know, the masculine and right, feminine. Right, masculine and feminine. Um, and to what you were saying is <clears throat> that it's important to not just divide and conquer, but to appreciate what the other is doing. Right, and to <clears throat> appreciate, not in a thank you for doing that, but like recognize the importance of it. Like we, you know, we talked a lot that night about how, having a conversation with your child and like laying on their bed and listening to what they have to say and making eye contact with them or holding their hand is what establishes, sets the foundation for their mental well-being. And if one one of the two partners doesn't understand the energy it takes to do that first, but B, the importance of that those moments, if it be five minutes or an hour, then there's a big chip missing within the marriage because I will, I'll be gender specific. If you are someone who works outside the home and you're like, I'm bringing in the money, that's what's most important. You're missing the whole communion part. I hope it's communion. It is communion. I found it. Agency and communion. Yay, sweetie. Um, And so you're missing that you, you are doing agency and that's great. But without that communion, there'd be no relationships. Yeah. There'd be no connection. So you think it's about money. I don't know who I'm talking to here, but whoever is out there saying money is the most important thing. I bring home money. I shouldn't have to do anything else. Nothing else matters. You're missing half of what it takes to be a human being. This is when, one from John Duffy. This is what we tweeted out. Equal partnership is about trust, listening, pay, paying attention, and taking care of one another. Seems pretty simple, but how few of it, how many of us are actually doing that? We love the words. Yeah. We just don't always put it into practice. What is it? Simple but not, not easy? Yeah. Something like that? As we always, you know, we say it, Jamal said that a bunch of times too. Like we, it's simple in nature. Just take care of each other. But then all of a sudden, when someone is struggling with something, we're like, I got to go to work. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know? Um, and we played a few movie clips, which you mentioned, one uh-huh. from The Breakup, one from Eighth Grade, and one from Boyhood. Mm-hmm. And I love the one from Boyhood. Me too. Um, Ethan Hawke, he, he, I'll always remember that scene. Me too. And it's about connecting with your kids and how it's sometimes not so easy. But what's great about the scene is he's basically saying, Hey, come on, share share with me. You're not sharing. I want to connect. And then the boy, whatever his name was, it was his daughter, daughter starts. But then the boy says, 
how come you don't share anything about yourself? Why is it always one sided? And he's like, all right, I get it. He's like, all right, we go, okay. Yeah, he's like, that's a good idea. Starting now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then don't forget about my above the line, below line. So for everybody who's there, location, location, location. Uh, whenever you find yourself getting frustrated, mad, triggered, whatever, um, if you can create enough space to kind of figure out whether or not you're below the line or above the line is the f- starting point to connecting with others. Well, and I thought that was really a good foundation for the weekend. I'm glad you started with that because not only did it lend to our our talk, but it mm-hmm. lent to our discussion with uh, Dr. Solomon and Dr. Duffy. We continue to use it. And the next day, even though our speakers weren't using your analogy, you could kind of use it in yourself sure. as you were listening to them talk. Yeah. Like when you are having a struggle or making a choice, where are you when you're making that choice? Well, and I'll put the, there's a video, I, I gave credit to Conscious Leadership Group because that's where I learned this teaching piece, but uh, they have a really good YouTube video. It's like three minutes long. I'll put it in the show notes. So if you guys liked that teaching piece, I kind of summarized it and this YouTube video will kind of reinforce what I talked about. Mm-hmm. So that was it on Friday. It was. And you know what I didn't finish explaining? What? Is you asked me the difference between courage and bravery. Oh, yeah. What's up with so that? So what, what the the simple way that I could probably, and this, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head now, but courage is living a life as yourself, yeah. right? And bravery is taking action and living, actually practicing you know, like you show up, you mm. know, that's courageous to say, this is who I am. And bravery is the willingness to kind of step out and to say things and to do things and to practice your boundaries and to take risks and to fail and to be resilient and get back up and know that you're still, you still being yourself is still the right choice. <laughs> well, and, you know, we talked about, you know, some people think of the term courage and they think of fearlessness. Yes. And what we teach, and I don't know where we got taught this we got taught well this. i, I think anybody sense. who really understands what bravery and courage is knows is, this is that um the only way for courage to show up is to have fear and i would say the only way for bravery to show up yeah i'm like differentiating between the words and yeah for me i, I feel like there's just an i think those i can use those two words interchangeably and you're probably right maybe it's just subtle in my yeah, own mind right, right, like right. i see one is more internal and mm-hmm. the other is the action or the practice yeah but i think it takes bravery like i'm you know, I'm using Daring to Lead in my college classes. And really the whole gist of that book is the willingness to speak up, to use your creativity, to take a risk, to fail, to own your failures, to apologize when necessary, to accept an apology, to forgive. Like these are the hard things in life. And they and bravery is what keeps us from falling back on numbing behaviors. Yeah. Because if you don't want to deal with all these things, then you go into yourself and you drink and you gossip and you stay at home all the time and you you don't go um you don't you don't want to feel disappointment right. or uncertainty but then you're missing your humanity because part of being human is having some uncertainty and having that's just a given it things are uncertain yes. like it's almost like accept that at face value and then as i said to my pre-conference workshop know that you're going to die they, they would laugh when I'd say that, right. but I meant it. Like you, like why I say that is sometimes when I'm worried about something like the conference or what if I forget this or what if I'm speaking in front of people and blah, blah, blah. It's like, who cares? Who cares? And I think those of us who have experienced either loss or grief or depression or anxiety or things that have taken us or addiction that have taken us, taken us to like some kind of rock bottom place where we've seen things clearly, you're, you're like, none of this is real. Yeah. So why not just go out? 
and and do what we love and accept that we're going to make mistakes, but that we can always respond in a loving way to that, to ourselves and others. I'm going to read a few quotes that, from our speakers. Okay. And I just want to hear your reaction. Oh, okay. So this and then be, we'll go back and forth, right? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, from Glennon Doyle. Okay. Saturday morning. If you're honest about your struggles, people will love you more, not less. What's up with that? 100%. Because like nobody wants to see, no one likes to hang out with people who perceive themselves as perfect. And anybody who's worked with people or who's lived with people knows nobody is. And the more you're honest about who you are, the closer people can get to Mm -hmm. you. I find that, you know, I've shared this with you, um, my as I got older and I started kind of shedding some of my layers, I got closer to friends that I'd known forever and family members, like where people want you to show up. Right. As your as your funny flawed self, um, and when you say things like "Oh, I really struggled with this," everybody knew already. Yeah, you're pretending that you didn't, but you did. And as soon as you say "This was hard for me," it's like people are like, "Then they can help you, right. or support you, or acknowledge you." So, I think Glennon obviously learned that firsthand in her life. Sweetie, we didn't tweet this, but what about this? What about five cream cheeses? It's one of my favorite stories. Can you summarize it? Well. Glennon was explaining how in her kids' school, they live in kind of a wealthy community in uh, in Naples, Florida, and their kids go to a really nice school, and how she got a, you know, basically notified that- It was her turn. It was her turn to bring food, and that this time, last time, the kids only had the choice of two different cream cheeses when they were for bagels or whatever, for what it, whatever, and the kids didn't like those kind. So they told Glennon to go down to a store that has five kind of cream cheeses and bring those back so all the kids would be happy. And for those of you who know Glennon's work, you know how she felt about that, because that is an over-parenting kind of, her language is, we are taking our love and making it a laser mm-hmm. on our children and maybe just our school. Mm-hmm. When Todd and I know this firsthand, our school district has a lot of money yeah. um, or does well, but there's school districts around us that don't. So why aren't we, this is Glennon's language, instead of lasering in our love on one school and one kid, creating a floodlight and giving kids maybe one cream cheese, and again, cream cheese is a metaphor, and spreading it around a bit. So other kids actually have food for their lunch or for their activity. Um, And do we need to feed our kids breakfast in the morning when they just came from home and ate breakfast? (laughs) Right. That's the next question. Uh, People pleasing, this is from Glennon again, people pleasing is like asking others for directions to a place they've never been. Yes, absolutely. What does that mean? Well, when we were, they were, Abby and Glennon were explaining people pleasing and they were saying, we go out into the world and ask people, what would you do if you were me? Yeah. And what they end up telling us is giving us advice on something that they've personally never experienced, and they don't know really what is best for us. And so it's like we're handing them the t- the, the keys. drive, yeah, the keys to our life, and saying, you know, drive us somewhere that you don't know what what you're doing either. But I'm going to hand my my life keys over to you. Mm-hmm. They don't know where they're going, and they may say, well, my experience in this area has been, but it's not identical to our experience. Nor does it need their life experience necessarily mean it needs to be repeated. Like well, just because you experienced it doesn't mean it's true for me. Well, and this may be a little bit um, tangential, but I, I don't know where I heard it. I've actually heard it a bunch of times, but whenever anybody's trying to do something new or exciting or daring, a lot of people will say, oh, you can't do that because of blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's mostly because that person who's Failed. giving you the advice mm-hmm. um, is scared that 
um, you know, they failed. Mm-hmm. And it, what's weird is usually when that person gives the advice, they're not doing it to be mean. They're usually doing it to try to protect, protect. you, mm-hmm. but really it's just their own stuff. You know, one of my favorite, uh, Brene's second TED Talk, um, she kind of goes in and talks about her experience with the first TED Talk, how it went viral, and also she talks a lot about shame. And one of the things that she says in it is she said, really what we should call the TED Conference is the failure conference, yeah. because everybody in here has failed so many times. And she gives the example that one of the guys who made this test for anemia or something, he got in front of everybody, he's kind of a young guy, and he said, and I wanted to create a blood test that worked, and so I made something. And everybody clapped and then she said and it didn't work and I made it 32 more times yeah that's like the whole Thomas Edison thing where he figured out 150 ways of how not to make electricity work and that and that language even though we kind of laugh at that doesn't that make sense yeah sometimes you even in a relationship you're like we tried this path that didn't help us (laughs) so we're gonna instead of well then it doesn't work right it's what about this? And sometimes we know when something, when there's no more paths to that and we try something else. Right. You know, I'm not saying it always has to be about we got to make something work. But failure, when someone says, well, that didn't work for me, therefore it won't work for you, you know, well, abundance. And this is the last one from Glenn, then we'll move on to Abby. Oh, good. I was going to say. We In got- giving advice to her daughter, I thought this was a good one, uh, make a practice of disappointing everyone else, but not yourself. But not yourself. I, it's one of my favorites. I know, and it's a little, not paradoxical, but um, surprising because we live in a society of people pleasing, both men and women, but probably more women. Women, yes. And we put everybody else in in front of ourselves. Well, and what we have to remember is what's most important for our own mental well-being is disappointing ourselves. What if I'm to like pull apart that language is that means we're betraying ourselves or we're pretending that we feel a way that we don't or we are giving our power away or we're saying someone else's needs are more important. And if we do, every once in a while, we have to do a kind of like, what's it called, like a martyr. You know, sometimes in moments because of what's going on, we do have to maybe give more. It's not that that never shows up. But if that becomes a practice in our life, then we start to lose trust in who we are. Yeah. That can that can create depression, that can create anxiety, that can create a lack of faith, even in others, because we're looking around at others to say, why don't... Because you know what I hear all the time, Todd? Mm. And I know you do too, because we're together when we hear this. Someone will say, well, I do this for this person all the time, and they never do it for me. And you know, I'm the one who always have to bring up the conversation or I'm the one who's always complimenting people. No one does that for me. Well, then it's time to take responsibility and either quit giving yourself away or start speaking up and asking for what you need rather than telling other people they need to read your mind. Yeah. Complaining about it instead of doing something about it. I, when majority of the time, um, if I'm coming to Todd with something, I'm t- I start by taking responsibility for how I'm feeling about it rather than saying, Todd, you've totally dropped the ball on loving me and taking care of me. Yep. I say something I need that you aren't aware of, or it seems that you're not, I'm going to share with you. Now, then it's a very vulnerable act because I'm handing something very real over to Todd and hoping he takes care of that message, meaning I hope he doesn't use it against me. I hope he doesn't say, well, too bad and make me feel ashamed, which he never does, by the way. Um, but I, it is a vulnerable act. Well, and in that moment, hopefully I'm either above the line or I know I'm below the line. Yes. Because right? if, if you know you're below the line, then you'll say, can I get back to you Yes, on this? right. Um, Abby Wambach, you ready? Yes. Parenting and perfection is an oxymoron. It's about apologizing and beginning again. And she told a really good story about 
when she was little, her dad said, you know, rub some dirt on it when she got hurt on the, on, you know, playing sports or whatever. And one of her kids was complaining about something called Ashton Slaughters. Ashton Slaughters. You remember that term I do. from when we were little kids? Yeah. Some, something happens in your knee, you get a sore It hurts. Knee. It's like Charlie Horse. And she dismissed it pretty quickly. And then the next morning she said, you know what? I was really dismissive of your pain and challenges regarding this injury that you have. And I just want to apologize and just know that I was still going to keep screwing up, but I will always come back to say I'm sorry. And I always. thought that was a really vulnerable moment. It was. I was actually at the end, and it was one of the most moving things that I heard. Yeah. You know, they, they always have moving things to say. But that another thing Abby said is that she, which I think a lot of couples do this. It, Todd, you have to start coming to bed at a normal time so we can do this again. Because you go to bed and you talk about the day. Yeah. You know, like Todd and I have been, he's had to work late at night. We're kind of dividing and conquering right now. But you kind of talk about your day. And she, she was saying that sometimes I come to bed and I cry about that how I dropped the ball. Because sometimes in a moment we feel so righteous to yep. say rub some dirt on it yep. in whatever way that shows up. And then you get away from the situation and you're like, why didn't I do that better? Mm. And so she would kind of share with Glennon, sometimes she'd have tears and that would inspire her in the morning to go back. Yep. Like just that, go back. And I know what you're going to say. Got to go back, Kate. <laughs> Got to go back. Um Parenting is beginning again and again and again, kind of like we, that was from Abby. And then the last one I want to share from Abby is we want our kids to be in the driver's seat of their lives to write their narrative and not write it for them. It's one of my favorites. Right? You, your children, it's their life. They came through you, but they are not of you. Let them choose what they love. Don't tell them what to love. You can suggest, you can guide, you can offer, you can use your story, you can offer them you know, tools or whatever it may be. But in the end, it is their life. And if you are like, no, I want them to do um, hockey because I want to be a hockey mom, then you have to be conscious of how you are imposing your needs on your child's life. Sweetie, you know who loved hockey moms, don't you? Who? Sarah Palin. Wouldn't she always refer to hockey moms? I think she did. Or maybe she referred to herself as a hockey mom. I don't know. I'm just a hockey mom. I always think of... uh, (sighs) 30 Rock Woman. God, my poor brain. <laughs> 30 Rock Woman. Which woman? Tina Fey? Tina Fey. Oh, doing Sarah Palin? Talking about. <laughs> I know. Um, so before we get into Jamal. Yes. Um, Impact Baseline Test. Uh, they're one of our partners. Um, it's a test that you can take online. And what this does is it measures brain function when you're in a healthy state. So if you get a concussion, doctors have your baseline as a comparison after the injury. And it's one of those things that you wish you had um, before it's too late. So go to BaselineTesting.com. There's a bunch of wonderful information on there. There's a bunch of wonderful resources. Um, and then they do have a nice little coupon code for us. If you put in Zen 25, the test goes down from 20 down to 15. So um, get off your hiney and go get a, go take a test because you'll be happy that you did it. I was so. talking to the girls and their friends about the test, and nobody likes the squiggle line part. Yes, because it, it's challenging. It's challenging. They're yeah. like, that just challenges my brain. Yes, I know. But that's the way that you get better. The whole idea is to get better yeah. if, God forbid, you take a fall, right. which is where most concussions happen. Right. Jamal Cole, yes. the one and only. Yes. Um, I'm going to save my favorite one for last. You Your can, favorite quote? Yes. You can have research strategies, but people touch people. So 
key is, and I think that that's a good one for you and I, mm. um, because I think sometimes in this is history, Todd. So you don't really do this anymore, but there we have had experiences historically. We've been doing this for like almost nine years, where people want to create a business plan for us, and they want to like do research, and they want to do all this. Like this is how businesses get going. Pretty market studies. I don't care about any of that. You love I do studies. not. And and if someone says, but this worked with blah blah blah, I don't care. Mm. Um, and why I say I don't care is it's about people. Like in it's about you know I want to like sing a song people. People who need people. Is that? Are you making this up? That's no. It's it's. I think by Barbara Streisand. Are the luckiest people? Sounds made up, sweetie. It's I'm, not. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, and I think you're gonna find it. What's and it I, called? People. People who need people. I'm gonna. <laughs> it's Barbara Streisand. Barbara. And I think you'll find I sound just what was like her. What was the um, movie we just Prince of Tides? Oh, such a good movie. Here it is. Is this it? Yes. Get to the middle where she says people. Do you know what movie this is from? Uh, is it The Way We Were? Funny, funny Girl. girl. Yeah. Never heard of it. Sweetie, I think she won an Academy Award for it. Is it, it. about funny people? a stage it was originally a stage performance you're a stage performance and i think she did it on stage first and then did the movie but you know what it's a 1968 movie so that's people and i did sound a lot like barbara streisand there um jamal cole my favorite one and he and you he said this with emotion this was not part of his presentation i think it's after somebody asked him a question your favorite quote the highest level of maturity is taking full responsibility for your actions. Yes. One of the things that he said that he, that was one of his greatest points with the kids that he works with um, in, uh, you know, disinvested communities in Chicago is there's a lot of language around why they can't do things. Mm -hmm. And he totally understands their, um, that they, you know, again, the whole idea of my block, my hood, my city is a lot of the kids that he would talk with who were imprisoned or were getting in trouble they only would talk about their neighborhood and, you know, my block, my hood. That was mm -hmm. it. And he's like, what about Chicago? Yeah. Like, and they would never get beyond where they lived. They didn't have enough exposure to other places. And his point is, if you don't have enough exposure, you don't know there's a bigger world out there. Well, my favorite, another one of my favorite parts of Jamal's piece is we played a video. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I don't watch the local news anymore, but I know what they show on the local news. And they talk about all these tragic things that happen. On the west side and south side of Chicago. And in the uh, video that we showed, that and it was Jamal's video that the Obama Foundation did? He did it, I think, for the Obama Foundation. Yeah. And um, It was the Chatham community. It's these really wonderful houses that are really well-groomed, well-manicured, people taking care of where they live. And honestly, I mean, I have to call myself out. I'm like, oh, this they must have the wrong footage. So right. I'm, I'm kind of exposing myself here a little bit because I had a perception of where all this crime happens, all Nobody the houses are run down and boarded right. up. It gives, gives, I guess, everybody an insight to my bubble. 
that I live in. Well, and his point was is that the media comes into a community like his and they'll walk right by the homes that are well manicured, taken care of. He even told a story about a man who had cancer who made this this took care of his lawn and made this like beautiful collage with all these rocks. The cameras will walk right by the things that are going well and they'll look for the kid with the baggy pants or they'll look for the one house that's boarded up and condemned. Or spray paint or in the garage paint. in the alley or they, something like that. They have a narrative that they want to continue you, yeah. which is there's nothing but bad things going on here. And, and you know, Todd and I talk about this a lot of times where the news is the, you know, the worst things that happen during the day, or they try and keep your attention through negativity or sexual content. Yeah. And you have to, but Jamal has even, you know, 10 times better perspective than Todd and I do, because he's living in a community that is being, uh, you know, it's being demonized and yeah. saying, you know, and that's not fair because that's not what's going on there all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, there is violence that these kids have to deal with. Like sure. the paradox is there's good and there's challenges yeah. happening at the same time. And there's schools where, what did he say? One of the schools has room for 2,000 students and there's a only 138 students there. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was crazy. And then in the in similar, there's also a school that's brand new that millions of dollars were put into the school that kids are going to. And nobody pays attention to that school. And so that's a good school that is like, when I say they all should be good schools, but that's a school that really is thriving, but you're not hearing about that on the news. You're only hearing about the negative. So just something to keep in mind. On to Dr. Devorah Heitner. Yes. Um, This was one of my favorite slides she had. We want to mentor more than monitor. So she talks about screen technology and how our kids and ourselves are addicted to screens. We want to mentor more than monitor to live with some ambiguity, which I, the what I got out of that was a lot of parents, sometimes including me, are into setting strict guidelines, boundaries, discipline on how much time they get on this reading device or that device. Reading everybody's texts, reading and everything. It's, yes. And it's not about like, I don't know, being over the shoulder of your kids at all times. That's the monitoring. The mentoring is how are you, what is your relationship with technology? And then how are you going to have a conversation with your kid about this very same technology? You know, one of the examples she gave that I thought was really very just basic, but our kids, when we were little and our and our parents were on the phone, we were able to see them go through a whole process of saying hello and then saying, oh, yes, who is this? And then having a conversation saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. OK, talk to you later. Goodbye. And there was a whole process, right? Now with cell phones and with Skype and Zoom and everything, our kids aren't seeing the whole process come full circle. So her example is like, you know, a five-year-old who's talking to grandpa on Skype or on Zoom, when they're done talking, they just walk away. Whereas parents, that's an opportunity to mentor, which is to say, when you're ready to leave this screen, wave to grandpa, say goodbye, and maybe blow him a kiss. And that to him helps him understand we're closing this conversation. Now, you may say that's just a small thing, but that's what our kids aren't seeing modeled for them anymore is that kind of the respect and the, or if your kid is texting you and they're using language or a tone that, you know, that is a little flippant or just not enough information to share with them. The way this feels is not the way that I think you're intending for it to feel and helping our kids. That's what mentoring is to me. Like I, I remember this is like years ago, but when JC first had Instagram and she had written something on Instagram it was minor, but I but I knew it had sexual undertones, ca- undertones or connotation. She didn't know that. Yeah. So I explained it to her and she said, No, mom, I got this from blah blah blah. I go, I know exactly where you got it. And I think it's funny too, but it also is 
it can be sexual. It can be perceived as sexual in yeah. nature. So I wasn't saying, how dare you put that up there? Or I saw this, you're trying to hide this from me. I said, I don't know if you know this. And she took it down. Yeah. I mean, she was kind of annoyed. She yeah. wasn't, she was like, uh, but you know, that's mentoring is let's watch and and see how we can support. Sweetie, what about this one? You kind of looked at me when she talked about this. Keep screens out of your children's room at night. Sleep is one of the most crucial things we can do to improve our overall health. Well, I look because I have my phone plugged in next to my bed. Yeah. And I... Um, so you're not perfect? I thought you were perfect, I sweetie. I am not. I'm not even close. And uh, there's... It, I'm not making excuses at all. I'm yeah. just going to give some reasons, not because I want people to agree with me, but um, it's not for the alarm. I actually have an alarm clock. Um, and it's not because I need to read emails. Like I'm not working. Um, sometimes if I wake up and this hasn't actually hasn't happened in a while. So I, there, I probably, if I was going to shift this, I could, now, now might would be, be a, a good, good time. time. But sometimes when I would wake up, when I was struggling with sleep, I would listen to something. Um, you know, I just put one of my earphones in and listen, and I could fall back asleep without my monkey mind going yeah. crazy. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not shameful about that, Todd. I sure. know it would probably be better to plug it in downstairs or whatever. Um, and what I do is I put the phone in my drawer plugged mm -hmm. in. So it's not sitting out. Yeah. There's no light, and I don't use it as an alarm. Um, but if my girls were to say why do we have to plug ours in and you don't, which they don't, but they're right. Yeah. I wouldn't fight them on, no, I'm older. I get to do what I want. I would say, you're right. This yeah. is a... And mom's not perfect either. Correct. And this Period. is something that, you know, a year or so ago when I kind of got my, my sleep got messed up because I was sick. I got into a different pattern, yep. which was better than not sleeping, right. which was I used a crutch of listening to something. So now my phone's next to my bed. So... Yeah, I'm not. I I don't plan on taking it out tonight, really. Um, sweetie, what did, what would you like to say about Julie's presentation? Oh, so good. Well, first of all, I just want to say that Julie, the, all of our speakers, Julie Lithcutt Hames, she wrote how to be how to raise an adult and real American. I w I just want to say all of our speakers are such lovely people. Like I have such a respect for each one of them as individuals and just as great communicators and as people who are giving so much to the world. And we had like we had great conversations in the green room, like. Uh, I know I'm getting off Julie for a second, but like Abby spent time talking to our girls about sports and Glennon took the time to tell a story about how she didn't make cheerleading for three years yeah. with Cameron. Yeah. Like these people are so good with kids. Yeah. And that was the story I was going to tell, which was with Julie. She came up and Todd and I were talking to her and she noticed that JC was snapping pictures because JC was one of our photographers this weekend. And she kind of she kind of pointed at her and said, come over here. And I said, this is my oldest daughter. And so right away, Julie shook her hand, said, tell me your name. And then she said, what do you think of school? And JC said, I really like it. And Julie said, how come? Why? Like, just treated her with such respect. Um you know, asked her questions that weren't generic. Like, yes. what do you want to be? What right. do you, you know, what do you, what, what's your major? What do you want? And JC gave her her very personal answers, which was this year is a little more laid back. Um, I also don't feel like I'm not worried about college. And right away when she said that, Julie said, and don't start worrying about college. There are so many universities. You are going to find a place if you want to go to school that, you know, serves you. Don't get stuck on the top 10. And so I said, and this is something we say to JC all the time, but when Julie was done and JC and I got a chance to talk, I said, so JC, if anyone at your high school or any of your friends or any other parents say to you, you should be worried about these things, you tell them that the top person in the country That's right. who teaches these things looked you in the eye and said, do not worry. Yeah. And I said, so I, I can't thank Julie enough for that because no that's not something that you can, 
you know, it's like having Abby, her being a soccer player and telling, giving someone soccer advice. Right. You can't be like, oh no, my coach here knows more than you, Abby Wambach. You well, know? and just uh, as a resource, and we meant to say this from the stage, but we didn't get a chance to, um, Julie had a podcast that you could still get right now. It's called Getting In. And if you have a kid who's in high school, who's thinking about college, um, she, it's just a very well-produced, really well-thought-out podcast. And it's a, it's a real... You know, they, they track these kids from, you know, sophomore year through senior year and they tell their experiences. But Julie has a mindset similar to what Kathy and I believe, which is, you know, we put so much pressure on our poor kids to begin with. And and she comes from that because of her own parenting, but also her experience. She was the dean of freshmen at Stanford and she watched these kids coming in and saw what had been done to them yeah. or how they had, the, talk about, they didn't have their own agency. Yeah. They had, their parents had kind of worked them through the system, you know, called the teacher when something went wrong, helped them with their papers. And then they got to Stanford and they were lost. Yep. And she's like, and there are so many different different places to go that can give you the same outcomes. What was that word that I love? Equifinality. Yeah. Like Stanford doesn't equal happy life. If you want to go to Stanford and you get in, amen, go. Like it's not about it's bad. Again, don't, you know, it's not false dichotomy. It's about that's not for all of us. So why? Why do you want to go to Stanford? Correct. If you want to go to Stanford to keep up with the Joneses or, you know. Have the bumper sticker. Have the bumper sticker or get rich. You know, getting rich isn't going to make you happy. Ask anybody who's rich. But if they've got a program you're interested in, if you want to live in California, if you have family there, if you see a path from Stanford to the next thing, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like, you just have to be clear about why. True that. Um, any closing thoughts? Um, well, let's see. I think that I'm tired. And I don't think you think you're tired. I think you know you're tired. I was so tired yesterday. I literally, like at one point I thought I should go to the grocery store. And I said, I don't physically think I could go to a grocery store. A, because it's not very fun. But B, because so I don't think I could do it. The grocery it. store is off the hook. You love the grocery store. You just don't know you love well, the Well, I'm store. grateful for the grocery store. Um, and then today I feel much better, but I'm still trying to slow down. Todd wants me to go do bank stuff. I don't want to. <sighs> the bank. I love the bank. Do Signing documents do and deposits and withdrawals. Oh, it's the best. And we are going to have, just for those of you who didn't make it this year, um, the 2020 conference is February 28th and 29th. Next year is leap year. So we are not making a mistake there saying the 29th. And um, what if we had all the speakers already? Wouldn't that be super like that would ridiculous? Be good, but we don't. No, not even close. But you are we offering? There's no early bird now, right? That yeah. was just for conference people. No, no, early bird is going to be on for I don't know. We got it another I think last week? year. We extended it for a week or something like that. So then we so. should probably share that. Yeah, um, go to zenparentingradio.com. Go to the store, and there's an early bird. Uh, uh, option in the store for next year. So book it. Uh, one thing I will, and again, this is going to sound very self-serving and I guess it is, but I will share it because so many people who have come have told me. They've said that they were so glad they bought their ticket in August or in a year before. This is the early, early bird. Yeah, and this is double an, early There'll bird. be another early bird, which will not save you as much money if you wait until August when we right. make our announcement. But it'll still be cheaper than getting it later. And that's sure. when we have, we know our speakers. But people have said to me, I'm so glad I bought my ticket early because I made it happen. Yep. Because if you think you're going to like buy a ticket like a couple weeks before, you're not. Yep. And this is why. 
something will be happening, a lacrosse game, a soccer game, a musical something. You have to decide this is something you want to do and make it happen for you. If you don't, no problem. Like that's where I'm. the self-serving part goes away. I'm not going to force you to go. I only want you to go if you want to go. Right. But don't, don't set in mind, I might go because you won't. You don't know how many people text me and they're like, I might come. I'm like, I know you're not yeah, coming. Yeah, you got to put it on the calendar. You got to decide you're going to go. And we also have something called Team Zen. And another shout out to all our Team Zen people. It's a 25 bucks a month. You get two Zen Talks, which is kind of like a, I don't know, a, I called it a group therapy session. I don't know if you like that language. Not really. I need to come up with a better phrase. I think it's a group support. Group support I, because session. Because therapy to me sounds like something only I should, you know what I mean? That sounds like a clinical. Group support. Group support. Um we have one tomorrow, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you also get 10% off of everything in our store. You get a private Facebook page. Um, you, ha- you have access to 53 or 54 of these previous Zen Talks. So And these people. So a lot of people from Team Zen were at the conference, and they're amazing almost, men and women. Almost 60 of them. Women and men, and they support each other. And so if you're in one of those places where you're like, I don't really have community where I live, or I don't, I haven't found my community Join this community. Yeah. And it's not, it's Todd and I are a big part of it. Obviously, we're helping and supporting. It's not just and, us, though. But it's not just us. Um, and I was going to say something else. Oh, there's a lot of funny, silly, behind the scenes content that you get on our private Facebook page. Sure is. And lots of resources. That's right. That too. Um, so if you're interested, go to zenparentingradio.com, check it out. And 10% off everything 10% we have. 10% off everything we have. And um, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald headed beauty. He's our third sponsor of today's show. Um, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, avidco.net, 630-956-1800. Tell, him, tell Jeremy that uh, we sent you. And Todd embarrassed him at the conference, made him stand up and made everyone look at his bald head. Yeah, and then he touched his bald head. Did he? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like that guy. He's in my tribe, too. Men's group. All right. So with that, anything else, sweetie? Nope. Just thank you to everybody who came. We love you very much. And um, we see you. And thank you for seeing us. And um, we're all in this together. And have a good week. And thanks for listening. And thanks for attending from me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. If you want more Zen parenting, check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen parenting conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the support us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. 
If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios. <laughs>